Hey, welcome to another Enneagram podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yet another Enneagram podcast. But this one's different. Another Enneagram podcast is here to help you be a better leader for your team. We know leadership is already challenging enough, and it can be downright frustrating when your team communication breaks down. Another Enneagram podcast is here to tell you stories of leaders just like you who are learning how to lead their teams better with the Enneagram. If you want your team to communicate better, be more productive, and love their jobs, another Enneagram podcast is for you. Hey, welcome back to another Enneagram podcast. We've got a really exciting episode today, uh, mainly for the fact that Cody and I are not in separate places across the country. You're sitting right here in front of me in my office. You look so good. This oh, is... thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> Typically, I can see from like your second button up. <laughs> and now you've got... I got the whole view. You can see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. You're sitting on a piece of furniture that you used to own. It's just as comfortable. Actually, uh, it's like a little more. Yeah. He sold me his, his futon before he moved off to California, and now it's in my office. So does it feel... Do you feel um, nostalgic? A little nostalgic. On? I feel like I sat down and it was just like an immediate like wave. Like I have the Jedi, you know, they did a thing where they touch stuff and they can see <laughs> how it's been used. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Well, uh, excited to have you here and excited to hit some of this content that we're going to do today. Yeah, man. Um, so what we want to talk about today is just healthy teams, right? Uh, healthy teams are important for, for any organization. If your team's not healthy, uh, your organization is going to suffer. And so really, um, for everything that that I do with coaching, team coaching and all that, uh, healthy teams are just the complete benchmark. So so I've got nine qualities here that no one will be surprised go along with the different Enneagram types that I think are qualities of, of healthy teams, right? So I'm going to read these off. Uh, we'll chat about them a bit in general and then work our way through each of the nine. Cool? Sounds good. All right. So here we go. Uh, number one, integrity. Do the right thing, and when you can, make it better. Number two, service. Serve and help others. Number three, efficiency. Work smart and get things done. Number four is honesty. Uh, Your work should express what you believe is true about the world. Number five is learning. Always seek to learn and grow. Number six is trust. Be trustworthy and trust those on your team. Number seven is innovation. Be open to new ideas and taking risks. Number eight is passion. Believe in your cause and be willing to fight for it. And number nine is teamwork. Leverage each other's strengths to maximize your collective impact. So initial thoughts on on that list of qualities of Mm. a healthy team? Yeah. Each of these words looks like uh, those posters that my teachers always had in their rooms oh. where it was like the nature picture and yeah. they would have just like integrity yeah, like like across the bottom. Yeah, like a bald eagle flying <laughs> across it. Yeah. Yes. It's like, I don't know what a bald eagle has to do with efficiency, but I'm sure there's something There's something there. <laughs> Very efficient creatures. Very efficient, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, no, I love this, man. And I think this is such, I mean, this is probably like if you had to create like the list for healthy teams, like you've you've done it right here. Yeah. Um, Especially when I think about the idea of um, the different types and like we'll talk about in a little bit, but the things that we each bring to the table, um, but what we need to partner together in and um, kind of combine our skill sets to accomplish. Like it's not that one person is going to 
kind of hold the integrity for the entire organization. It's something that we all have to strive for. Right. Uh, it's not like, well, just one person can value service and then we're good to go. It's like, it's something obviously that the whole team um, has to value. And so these aren't just like, like characteristics of healthy teams. I think they're goals for healthy teams, like you yeah. said. And so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think those are like kind of my, my thoughts right off the, right out of the gate, man. What do you think, um, what do you think affects how teams would, would rate these things? Like as far as their own values, what impacts that the most? Is it the leader of the team? Is it the composite makeup of the team? Is it the, the organization which they might work under? Mm. Uh, how do all those things you think play into these values on a team? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is like departments, you know, like okay. I think back to like when I worked at Walmart, like I was fresh okay. out of high school. I don't think I knew you worked at Walmart. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. That was my first kind of clock in, clock out job. I grew up on a pig farm and so I was used to like loading feed bags and that stuff, you know. Um, but I got this job at Walmart and it was really interesting because obviously you have all these different departments. You have like produce and you have um, hard goods and you have uh, you know, the, the auto department back in the back. And it was always neat because these different departments had these different values that they would really like, huh. you know, where like stated values, kind of like stated values. Really? Um, so if you talked about maybe, um, and this was, I mean, I was, it's, this was like 11, 12 years ago, but it was like, obviously like the, um, automotive department back in the back, they're changing oils and it's like quality, fast service or something like mm. that where, okay. so speed and efficiency is, of the utmost importance. Right. But then as you move to the front of the store and you think about like um, cashiers and they're having all this FaceTime with people, uh-huh. it would be things like um, trust and honesty and like service and things like that. And right. so it's, like I said, obviously these are values over the whole organization, but these specific um, areas or departments kind of had to like lock into these specific values more so than, huh. than others. Does that, does that yeah. make sense? And no, so, it, it totally makes sense. I had no idea that Walmart had that kind of a value structure going on. That's, yeah. I mean, and I, it was something that was posted in the break room and things like that. Um, you hmm. know, and, and Walmart's kind of interesting in regards to how they do their, like their management systems. Cause it's, if you, it's actually a cool place to work. And so huh. if you, um, it was for me at 18, you right. know, I don't know how it is today. Um, but to go back to your question, I think that if I'm if I'm in a place where I'm trying to maybe evaluate or rank our organization on how we do in these areas, I'm definitely like as I look at some of these words, I'm kind of attaching them in my mind to specific people. Mm-hmm. Like if I look at the word like integrity, my mind immediately goes to almost like my leader, like mm-hmm. my boss. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I think about like innovation or efficiency, I'm thinking about the kind of the team at large. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's going on in my head, but what about you? What do you think? Well, so I'm thinking about different teams that I've like coached and worked with, and it's very rare that I work with a team that's just like perfectly balanced, mm-hmm. right? Most of them, you know, will, will have a clump of a certain number, a certain couple of numbers that make up a good portion of the team. Uh, I'm thinking of one team I work with right now who is mostly twos. I think there's probably 16 or 17 people on the team, and Mm. I bet half of them are twos. Uh, Ironically, the team leader is a three, though. Hmm. She just likes to hire lots of twos. Okay. Uh, You know, and I was with a team last week that was about 12 or 13 people, and out of that, four or five of them were Enneagram ones. Wow. Uh, And so... Um, 
it's just interesting to me, you know, and that one, in that case, the leader of the team was also a one. Mm -hmm. And so she, you know, was hiring people that thought and and worked like her, which has its pros for sure. Um, And she's been really successful. So I, I don't know. I'm just interested in like with these values, how much it matters, you know, what the leader is versus what the team is made up mm. of. And I don't know the answer to this without talking it out, I guess. But do you think one of those is more important than the other for a team having these these nine healthy marks? It, I mean – as you were talking, I think there was something, a thought brewing in regards to maybe a, a healthy leader versus, let's say, like a, an unaware leader mm. or maybe a young leader is that they might surround themselves with people that specifically value what they value. Right. That would kind of come around and affirm them. So I won hiring a bunch of ones. So mm. if, a, if a one has a desire to be good and to... Um, to provide a good product, then they would hire other people that value that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and and not that that's there's nothing wrong with that, right? But, but maybe as you start to develop and um, and even go beyond that in your leadership, you realize that hey, I need more than that. Yeah. And you start to kind of invite other people to the table, um, right. So to say, that would kind of bring those other elements in, like right. individually, and then as a collective you support each other in making sure that as a team you're moving like that's why i said goals earlier you set those mm-hmm. as goals yeah and then the team at large can move towards those things you know what that reminds me of is you're familiar with donald miller mm-hmm. story brand mm-hmm. uh, just incredible stuff that they put out well he uh, donald miller was talking one time about scaling your business and i remember he said your first hire should be someone just like you, hmm. right? He, he said, hire somebody that thinks like you, that that works like you, that understands how you want things to be. That way you can replicate yourself first. Hmm. Your second hire should be someone completely the opposite. Okay. Right? Someone who can can staff your weaknesses, hmm. right? So you've, you've multiplied yourself to give yourself room to breathe and to, to plan ahead and all those things and not be in the day-to-day stuff mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, but then you're quickly following that up with someone who has maybe a slightly different val- value set than you, definitely has different skills and strengths than you do. Um, and so I think that probably has... Uh, something to do with this conversation we're talking yeah, about. And it's sure. similar to, to what you were saying mm-hmm. even about it. So yeah, I, what I like about this list is, you know, it's not, there's nothing genius about this. Like we just went through the nine and eight or M types and kind of found mm-hmm. some of the virtues of each one, because I believe that when you have all nine types, that's like a holistic way to view the world and your life and relationships and whatever. Right. And so having the virtues of all nine types is a very balanced way to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I bet that if you went into just about any organization and found their, like, company values or whatever, uh, you could fit every one of them probably into one of these nine buckets. Yeah, for sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's not that I think that, you know, let's say we find a company that's got five core values, right? Most companies don't have nine core values, and I'm not <laughs> saying that they should. That's a lot. Uh, but I'm not saying that if a company has five core values, you know, and let's say they fit into five of these nine categories that they're coming up short. Mm. Right. But I don't know of anybody that would say that these things are bad. Mm. 
right, that their teams shouldn't be these things or shouldn't focus on these things. And so I think there are consequences probably for where teams lack in each one of these categories, even if they're not one of their, like, stated values, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's why I just think that's important to mention because I'm not advocating that everybody have nine core values on their team. But these are nine marks or benchmarks that could be important for leaders to pay attention to in their teams and think about as they are staffing, building out their teams, setting goals, things like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's... um, I think that's just some initial thoughts I have when I think about this whole list, like as a whole for teams. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just to piggyback off of that is that I think that how these characteristics, um, these marks line up with the nine types is that with most organizations, um, you're not going to have a perfectly, like you said, perfectly balanced representation of all nine types. Right. Um, Cause I think that a lot of uh, types can be easily drawn to certain types of work. Um, mm-hmm. Like I work in yeah. a nonprofit, you know, in Southern California. And I think out of the, uh, let's say 26 staffers that I were going to have this summer, I, a big majority of those were twos, um, mm. you know, and just yeah. that opportunity to come and serve and like that experience there. Um, and so, yes, like these twos um, and even other types are going to value service more than they're going to value these other marks on here. Um, And so like you're saying is that a list like this helps us to identify where our shortcomings may be. And not so that we can immediately go out and try to like hire more people that would kind of make up the balance, but just to bring those things forward to set them as a goal or as a, um, just a mark for our organization. Right. Um, and then you're, you're doing more than just providing a service. You're even now equipping your staff, um, to grow individually and, and help them move forward in those marks. And, um, and like, you know, like we say, you know, there's guys like Craig Rochelle and these other, I'm sure like, um, different leaders of leaders that are talking about that idea that when, you know, the leader gets better. We all get better. Right. It's the same. I think that when employees get better, Hmm. um, obviously the organization is going to get better, but I think it even pushes those employees to then continue to grow kind of off the clock. Yeah. Um, which I think if you can start developing that kind of culture, um, and and I'm, I'm curious if you've seen this within the organizations that you've got to work with, with Evergreen and Mm -hmm. doing this consulting is like, you you got to think that you go in and present this information to them kind of on the clock, but then they go home and they're like, dude, that guy was talking about this stuff. Oh, yeah. And it can so easily be like, okay, let's say that I'm a seven, because I am, and I strive to be innovative uh-huh. on the clock, uh-huh. but then I get home and I start to see like, oh, wow, like I could probably capitalize on this and use this more and just in my day to day life. So then when I show up to work, it's not like a hat that I have to put on. Um, It's just an overflow of that. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So, yeah, I think one of the most common reactions I get, like in the week following a training or something that Mm -hmm. I do with a company is somebody reaching out social media or whatever. And the phrase, I went home and I talked to my husband about this, right? I went home and talked to my wife about this. Uh, and, and so people pretty quickly pick up on, oh, this is not just a nine to five mm-hmm. work thing. Mm-hmm. This is about me and I exist as much outside of work as I do inside of work. For and sure. so this has ramifications on, on everything mm-hmm. that I do. And so, yeah, I think you're, you're completely right with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and all that to say, and to go back to this idea of like healthy healthy teams, um, is in in taking this list of nine, and um, I mean, go for it, make posters out of it, put a bald eagle <laughs> on there. Um, is that nobody's going to make a mistake in shooting for these marks? Right. Um, it doesn't matter what types, yeah, enneagram or whatever that you have on your team. Um, this is this is just a healthy list for. Right. Um, for development, um, success. Um, and I, and I would just go ahead and say, I mean, I'm not, um, I don't think you can take this for what you want, but, um, if, if an organization continued to grow in these nine marks, um, I would be super surprised if they did not see some form of, uh, new success or, you know, growth or something like that. Um, I'm not making any promises, but I'm just saying I would be surprised (laughs) if I didn't see that. Yeah. So you gave me an idea. As okay. We, uh, I'm not ready to go through these one by one okay. yet, but as we do, uh, we also need to come up with a certain bird that represents each one that people could put on the <laughs> okay. posters if they decide to design okay. their own. All right. All right. So just be thinking about that. Which bird best represents right. this in the form of a motivational you got poster? It. You okay. got it. <laughs> Uh, but before we do that, I want to follow uh, a rabbit trail that you kind of started out there. Uh, you were talking about your team, uh, which unfortunately with things going on right mm-hmm. now, I know a lot of your camps um, aren't happening. But but you mentioned that, what did you say, like 26 staff people? So that Yeah, that, the goal was to have 26 staffers for my and, summer staff. And a good chunk of them would have been Enneagram 2s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me ask you this. When you look at this list, if you had to pick one of these that you think maybe might – be a weaker area for that group of 26 people Mm -hmm. Uh, not as an indictment on them obviously uh, but out of all these which do you think that you might struggle with the most from that group Hmm. uh based off of the the um age group that i work with i would just go ahead and say learning learning okay Um, so so I think there's there's a thing, and I'm, I'm just thinking back to myself, because when I was 18 and 19, I had the same opportunity to go work at like summer camps and mm-hmm. be a counselor and things like that. And I think there was this kind of sense of pride in me that <laughs> thought like, well, I got asked to do the job, so surely I have all oh, of the yeah. qualities that I need to do the 18 job. 18 to 20-year-olds are the <laughs> smartest people on the planet. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, like <laughs> all the confidence in the world. Um, and so, um, which what... It, is what makes my job and my role so special for me is that I get to go in and, and try to create space for them to continue to learn um, and try to paint that picture early on that, hey, we're about to spend 10 weeks together. Yeah. And if we really want to make the most of our time together, we really want to make the most of the opportunities that we get to make an impact in kids' lives um, and just to like make some radical memories along the way. Um, then we need to continue to show up to each day kind of open-minded um, and ready to kind of receive. So we call it like an open hand mentality of like, mm. I'm going to give and I'm going to take um, whatever kind of comes my way um, and and do it with an open mind that um, allows us to continue to learn and, and try to get better at what we're doing. And so, so, and that would go hand in hand with that idea of like the integrity um, so if there's an opportunity to do it better mm. and continue to develop it, then we're going to do that. So, yeah. yeah. So I'll just go ahead and say that like learning and integrity, um, specific to my like 18 to 20 to 22 year yeah. old, um, staffers is probably that, like that area, um, that we'd have to spend the most time. So other than just going and, you know, hiring a bunch of ones and fives, 
Uh, Absolutely. Which honestly doesn't sound like the type of crew who'd sign up to work in summer camp. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, although I will say I did work at uh, some summer camps for a couple of years, mm-hmm. but uh, but I definitely knew it all at the time. <laughs> um, uh, other than going out and just trying to hire for yeah. that, how could you take that group of people and help them to focus on these couple of things? And, and if you were successful at that, what kind of an impact could you see that making? Mm. So I'll start with the integrity piece is that um, I don't like the idea. Um, and, and just to be specific, I mean, we're a, we're a Christian organization. Mm-hmm. When these students come in um, and are taking these kind of counselor roles, I mean, it's it's more than just like, hey, don't do that and do this, like kind of advice. I mean, there's there's, there's a spirituality element to it that we're really trying to help these students, um, you know, find purpose and to, to dig deeper into why they do the things that they do and, right. and the things that come along with that. And so with the integrity piece, there's this, sadly, there's this kind of thing that just kind of happens naturally when you're a staffer coming to a, uh, to work at a, like a church camp or a youth camp mm-hmm. is that it's almost like, um, while I'm on the clock, um, I'll put on the face and I'll put on like kind uh. of the counselor hat. But as soon as like I'm off the clock, then I can kind of go back to just being whatever I want to be. Yeah. Um, and so that can very easily create a culture where it kind of is fake in mm, a way. Yeah. Um, and so really just, I mean, to speak to that, it's just a constant reminder of like, um, keeping the vision, you know, out in front of us mm. of like, Hey, this is where we're trying to go. This is what we're trying to help students see and experience. Um, this is the outcome. We want them to leave, um, better and, and, um, and more joyful and thankful than when they got here, like stuff like that. And so I think just in trying to keep the, the, the outcomes and the goals out in front of us, it helps us with that integrity um, piece that that's got to that's gotta be something we focus on off the clock as much as we do on, you know, right. like on it. Yeah. And then the second thing, like with the learning is that I just don't, I don't want to sit up in front of my like staffers and just lecture mm. and like, here, learn this information. And because I love, I don't remember who said it, but like information isn't transformational. Hmm. Um, there has to, there's some work that's involved in that. Like I can't just say something and <laughs> Ryan leaves here and he's like, you know, Cody said this in the podcast today and I, it's changed my life forever. There, there's going to have to be. Hey, don't undersell yourself. You don't know. <laughs> you might, you might spit out some just gold nuggets, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. But, um, and so with that, that learning thing, man, it's like giving them tools. Like I heard a guy say at one time, is that like, um. Every organization has values, but most organizations, like healthy organizations, I think have like a mission statement. Hmm. Like what is it that your organization is actually trying to accomplish at the end of the day? Right. Are you just trying to sell products? I don't, I don't believe that. I think that there's something bigger than that. And so he said this idea that like that for my staffers, for my employees is that our organization has a mission. And so my job as the leader is to give them the tools to help us accomplish the mission. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so if I can continue to give them tools and give them resources that are practical yeah. and that they're actually going to be able to like use in real time, I think it becomes transformational in that sense to where like, um, Hey, Hey, on like a day to day basis, I'm actually getting to apply this stuff. So yeah. I, it's a long way of answering your question, but hopefully that makes a little bit of, no, no. a little bit of sense. I so. was just trying to think like practical real world example and mm-hmm. you, you had brought up your, your team there. So I thought that could be an yeah. interesting kind of case study to think. Yeah. Through, so, yeah. I mean like very quickly, I can say like for Enneagram twos, 
it, it doesn't take anything for them to show up at 4.30 in the morning and be like, <laughs> yo, we're cooking breakfast and then lunch and then dinner. Yeah. Um, but as we both know, like twos can easily get burnt out. Mm-hmm. And so like providing them with opportunities both on and off the clock where they don't just feel like they're pouring out, but they also feel like um, that they're being invested in. Um, I think that 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 changes the perspective of like when they actually do show up in the kitchen to cook at 430 um, that it's not just uh, um, a job like there's something deeper going on here there's a there's a bigger opportunity you know that I get to be a part of so right um, yeah yeah no that's good should we uh, dive into these nine nine things here so uh, yeah we'll just run through them and talk more about each one in depth make sure we get that choice for you know birds for posters uh, in there uh, that way you know I, I hope somebody out there listening would actually make one of these and send us a picture Ta- tag us in some Please. social media stuff that'd be amazing yes. if if you took what we're saying here's the deal if somebody sends it, if somebody sends us the coolest poster i'll make a t-shirt out of it so, you'll make a t-shirt out of and the I'll, poster and i'm gonna wear it this summer in honor of camp and, and oh all man that, stuff. Yes. that would be amazing yes i like that so okay. i gotta gotta do do good with these birds <laughs> All right, uh, so the first one, the first kind of quality of a healthy team we said was integrity. Hmm. Uh, and the little sub thing there is do the right thing, and when you can, make it better. Hmm. What do you think about that, and why do you think it's important for teams? So I'm going to go ahead and assume that you pulled this um, from an Enneagram 1. Yeah. Um, the idea that one's aim to not just do good, but to, to but to be good, and perfectionism yeah. is the thing there. So, um, I think it really just comes down to um, if you're going to say that you're going to provide X product, then you provide X product. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be a company or organization or whatever that does what you say you're going to do. Yeah, um, I've been a part of organizations where we made promises that we did not. Um, fulfill mm-hmm. and it cost us in the long run mm-hmm. um, and so I think I think I, you can just sum it up by saying just just be what you say you're gonna be about yeah um, there's a lot of fruit that comes from that <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of good byproducts of, of just being what you say you're gonna be about as an organization well I, I know you know one of the like modern day leadership gurus is uh, Andy Stanley mm-hmm. a lot of people are probably familiar with him and his books and podcasts and everything and he's an Enneagram one. Okay. Uh, I, I like Andy Stanley a lot, and that's probably why is that we just <laughs> I resonate with so many things that he said. For sure. And one of his values within his organization uh, is actually the phrase "make it better." Mm. Uh, and he wants that's what he wants everybody to be thinking about as they're walking down hallways and in and out of conference rooms and meeting with people here and there is this phrase, make it better. Okay. And and I remember him telling a story about this where I think this is where this really kind of solidified for him was uh, when he was walking down a hallway and there was a piece of trash or something. And he realized like he had in that moment, the, the opportunity to either keep walking. I mean, he's the CEO, Mm -hmm. like he's the big, big dog, right? He's not paid to pick up trash, Nope. but he could leave it there and be completely like within his, you know, the scope of his responsibilities, or he could pick it up because he was trying to make it better. And mm-hmm. I mean, picking up a piece of trash is pretty obvious. Like if you walk by a piece of trash in your office and don't pick it up, eh, that, that's not great, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's motivated by the idea of if everybody 
is trying to make it better, you know, uh, it's it's going to get better. Of course. Right? Uh, and so I love that value. Obviously, I'm a one. Uh, I, I love the, the idea of making it better and coming into a place. I, I had a former boss of mine tell me that was one of the things that he observed as a strength of mine was that I was always trying to mm. make it better, that I would see a system or see um, a process or, or whatever it is and and just immediately see ways that I could improve upon it. Mm-hmm. And And I love doing that. And so I think that's a really important value for for teams, uh, especially, I mean, things change, right? Like circumstances change and situations change Mm. and and clientele changes and and customers' needs change and your team changes. And and so if you're not in a mindset of always trying to make it better and you're just like, let's just do it the way we've always done it, Mm. you are eventually going to be outdated, right? And and you're going to be irrelevant. And so I think make it better and, and do the right thing. Like you were saying, deliver on what you say you are going to provide mm-hmm. product service, whatever. I think if you don't do those, you're going to be in a world of hurt. So for sure. All right. If we're making a motivational poster, <laughs> what's the bird that goes with this one? I gotta be honest. I think integrity, doing the right thing. I mean, that's, that's bald eagle one-on-one. Uh, okay. I just, like, <laughs> I know that's like the most uh, cliche bird, uh, but I got to be honest, that's, I was like, I was like really thinking as I'm you were talking. I'm assuming that's not a, like a, uh, a shot at my hairline or anything. No. Like bald, bald eagle. Um. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. We'll roll with that. Bald eagle integrity, do the right thing. And when you can make it better. Make it better. All right. Okay, so number two is service. Serve and help others. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts? Man, those twos that show up day in, day out, um, like just those those people that will do the dirty jobs, uh-huh. um, it's really hard to be around those people and not just be like, hey, I want to be like these people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I had the opportunity to work for an after-school organization one time, and we did a personality like typing thing one day, and like the it was like a north, south, east, west kind of thing, mm-hmm. and all the south people were basically Enneagram twos. Okay, and um, once again, nonprofit, you know, five hundred one c three, and there were like twenty of us in the room, like uh, twenty of us in the room, and um, I think there were like. 12 or 13 like south people oh, wow and um and as i looked over there i kind of like scanned it and it was our bus drivers it was our kitchen people huh. it was the janitor it was all these people um and man these people are just like they just show up and they do what they need to do to get the job done yeah um, but they do it with like a loving and kind spirit and and i just it yeah i think it's so easy just to say like we've just got to apply that you know to what we do as an organization because you think about any type of business or organization that has like face-to-face time right um, with customers or clients it's funny in an age where we talk to a lot of computers on a day like a (laughs) daily basis (laughs) how many times i hear i just want to talk to a person Uh, (laughs) i just want to deal with a person Um, have you ever yelled that into a phone to an automated recording oh my gosh because i definitely have (laughs) i think i did that last week last week something i ordered got lost in shipping and i talked to a computer for um a long time yeah so um so i think that's like it's kind of just a simple one is like that people want to deal with kind people yeah people want to deal with people who are willing to go 
to the moon and back to make it happen for them. Um, I have a, I have a buddy who started a, a business in Nashville and they go to the Zappos customer service, big like expo. Hmm. Cause I didn't okay. know this, but Zappos like year after year after year has the highest customer service rating really of like any company huh. okay and i I'm, i mean i'm like 99 sure it's zappos um and i one i'd already even heard of that company but it talks about stories of like people that ordered like shoes right and this guy ordered a pair of shoes before a wedding like three days before a wedding they come in they were the wrong color and one of the customer service people from zappos like on a friday afternoon oh. knowing that they were going to be closed the next day hops in his car, goes to the warehouse, picks up the shoes, and drives them in an hour to this what? guy so that he would have shoes for his Dude, wedding. That's awesome. And I'm like, that's service. Oh yeah. And you and you that one story probably brought in yes. a number of customers. Yes. You know? Yep. Because people knew that they'd be dealing with a company that was yep. providing service. Well and I wouldn't say that you do this in order to generate more business necessarily, but Good grief, like you will, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. And, and either way, if you excel at this, people will talk about it. Mm-hmm. And if you're terrible at this, people will talk about it. <laughs> yes. Right. Absolutely. Like there are businesses here in the town that we are in that I will not go to because they are terrible mm. at this. Even when I'm literally working next door, I will drive across town because I've just had bad experiences with mm. companies that like don't have good customer service. Uh, I'm like, no, if you're not going to treat me like how I would want to be treated, how I would hope I would treat other people, then sorry, like mm. you're not getting my business. Mm. Uh, and so I think it's a big deal like either way. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. I may I may not believe this fully, but, but just from saying that, I feel like this one may have the most impact, like the most swing negative to positive, how much it totally. impacts your team Mm -hmm. uh it's just it's huge it's huge Mm -hmm. so all right what bird you got for this one man part of me kind of went uh my dad has blue like bluebirds like blue jays in his backyard okay and uh the i've watched them like build these nests for Uh their like for their young and stuff it's kind of elaborate okay like how they build these boxes um, or they build the houses inside the boxes to kind of set their young up and stuff and so um, i'm i'm no uh, what's the word? Uh, ornithologist, ornithologist here. Yeah. And so, uh, but I think bluebirds are super service oriented birds. So we'll go with, Dude, we'll go with that. I'm not going to fight you on it. I don't know any better, but you know, watch us get somebody that responds to be like, <laughs> you're an idiot. Bluebirds are carnivorous buttholes. They're the, like, the most <laughs> selfish birds. That's well, so if you're an ornithologist out there listening to us, just cut us some slack. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, we don't know this stuff. Leave us alone. Come yep. on. Yep. All right, uh, so we are running short on time on this one, so I'm thinking we're going to make this a two-parter. And so we we did a lot of chatting up front, went through numbers one and two this mm-hmm. time. So I think on the next one, we'll finish out the list, cool. chatting about those, um, and, and yeah, see where it goes. So join us next time on another Enneagram podcast for the rest of the list. See you later. Hey, thanks for joining us today on another Enneagram podcast. As fellow leaders, we know it can be frustrating when it seems like you always run into the same problems on your team with the same people. But leaders just like you are learning how to lead their teams better using the Enneagram and you can too. So if you like what you heard today, we would love it if you would share this podcast on social media and leave a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts, preferably only good you know, reviews and ratings. That would be great. 
If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram or at another Enneagram or head over to our website, anotherenneagram.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next episode of another Enneagram podcast.